when I'm actually creating those images, I'm asking them a question like, what gives you joy? So if you're thinking about what gives you joy, see your face changed right there. So if, when you're thinking about what gives you joy. I started thinking about food. I started <laughs> thinking about food when you said that. <laughs> but see, and even right now. So when you think about what gives you joy, when you think it, you feel it. And it comes out in the muscles around the eyes. Hi, everybody. This is Diane Gilman, formerly, formerly known as the Queen of Jeans, but now with my own podcast, so proud of that, called Too Young to Be Old. And we have the perfect guest today. If you think to yourself, and you're in your 30s, what happens? I don't know anybody after 50 where I see an image of them that's real. How would I know how to do my hair? How would I know how to do my makeup? How would I know how to put myself together? Do you just fall off a cliff after 50 as a woman? Well, proverbially, kinda. However, Donna Edmond says, no, you don't. As a photographer, she's done a fascinating book called The Women of Wisdom. You gotta be over 50. You've gotta to say to yourself, I love me. You've gotta say, I am gonna be authentic. And whew, what a relief to have that. Honestly, Donna, we're gonna talk about a couple of things today, which is the impossible perfection of artificial intelligence to make us believe that we all need to have a zillion filters. And with that in mind, I have to say that the scandal of the week is Kim Kardashian, fortunately or unfortunately, but mistakenly, let a couple of pictures get on the internet before she had added all the heavy filters and Photoshop perfection that we're used to seeing her. And, you know, that's hilarious that that suddenly blows up on social media as, oh my God, what a scandal. You're actually seeing her for a minute. So I ask you, in a world that is headed to complete visual unreality, where you have an audience that cannot forgive you if you age and have a wrinkle, where, where women, particularly women, have to stay perfect forever and then sort of disappear like get thee to a nunnery, in public eye, what led you to do the book, the photographic book, The Women of Wisdom? You know, I just wanted to honor women over 50. I wanted to give them a voice and a platform to use that voice. I think we, you know, you're talking there, Diane, and I'm thinking there's a key to this life after 50 biz that um, there's really an authentic joy that comes with an authentic feeling of who you are and letting that express outwardly. You know, it's interesting to me. Um, 
when I first saw artificial intelligence, and I get a lot of it on TikTok, and it's it's nature settings that are made totally fantastical and impossibly beautiful and colorful and perfect through artificial intelligence. At first, it really disturbed me. And now, I kind of like it. And I think, oh, no, I'm getting sucked in by AI perfection. And especially for women our age. And that's why at 78, I was so happy to see that you had women up for best uh, picture of the year, best actress of the year, best supporting actress of the year. Not one of them was younger than 64 years old and won. And finally, in Hollywood, you broke that barrier where if you were a great actress like Michelle Pfeiffer, your last great movie was at 39 years old. And then you're not given any great material after that. And so you're sort of forced to go into a supporting role or kind of disappear. You took everyday women. How did they come to you to form this book, which is about? Yeah, I deserve to be seen. I deserve to be heard. Because I'll tell you what, I personally feel like I have to scream to have a voice in this society. There's that movie, No Country for Old Men. I'm going to yeah. say, add on to that, No Country for Old Women. That is America. <laughs> How did you get to this point? And who did you choose? How did they come to you along the way, Donna? I wanted to answer the first question. I wanted to do this project for a long time. And this is going to speak to how I started the project, but also the idea of perfection. So I wanted to do this for a long time. And um, my personal history is that my father had made a comment when I was young, and I think he meant well with it, but I internalized it differently. So he said, if you can't do anything right, don't do it at all. And I think he meant just do your best. But I internalized that as perfection. So it kept me from taking risks. It kept me from trying to do things different. I might not be successful if I try. I remember screening a screen door one time. It was the first time I went out of my comfort range and did something new with my hands. And, you know, it was such a big deal for me to do anything that was out of my little comfort zone. So this project, even though I knew that yeah. from my 30s, I'm 68, so I'm just right behind you, right? So even though I knew from my um, uh, from early in my project that I wanted to do this, I didn't know how to make this a book. I didn't know how to get this into a gallery. I wanted these women's voices out in, in public, but I didn't know how to do that. So it just sat because I was afraid wow. to ask questions. I was afraid to, to let people know I didn't know what I was doing, right? Because if you're the professional, you should know everything, right? Right. Or you should look this, you know, look the professional, act the professional, have all the have all the answers. So my friend said, to answer your question, my friend said, you know, why don't you just start? Why don't you just ask two women to come into the studio, photograph them this week, just start with two, ask them for help. And I thought, oh, ask for help. You know, they might not respect me if I ask for help. 
right? And you know what happened, Diane, is every time I, I started with two, and we'll continue on with how I made it a bigger deal, but every time I asked for help, they were honored that I asked them. They didn't judge me. They gave me great information, and it built a relationship with us that I wouldn't have had if I hadn't have asked, if now, I hadn't have tried to be perfect. Did you, did you have a group purpose in mind? So you didn't, when you started, you kind of had an amorphous idea about doing a book, but did you decide, well, I'm going to do the whole thing in black and white, or I'm going to do the whole thing in color, or I'm going to do the whole thing without all the giant parachute filters and stuff that goes on. Cause I remember doing, um, I was patient of the year for Dubin Center for breast cancer. I had just a little bit of hair, looked like Annie Lennox at the time. And I remember these giant white, like parachute cloths all around me to give me my best look. And now I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure that I would say, oh yeah, okay, Donna, <clears throat> I'll come in with no makeup on, just go for it, go at it. So did you use film? Did you use any kind of technique where you still thought, okay, in some way my camera can idealize these women and at the same time, be honest and authentic. Yes, because you know, in in studio, I have complete complete control of light. So it's just being a professional, knowing how to use light and shadow. You know, and yeah. and you know, one of the tips is like you're flat lit right now. You know, you have a light right in front of you, right? And my yeah. light is kind of from the side, so you're going to see shadows on my face. That's not as attractive as yours because you're flat lit. So it's when we're older, we're going to flat light more because it doesn't show wrinkles, right? So it's just knowing, it's knowing lighting. I mean, that's what I do for a living. So it's knowing lighting, knowing posing, but even knowing posing, when people come into my studio, because my, my niche is authentic portraits. And what that means is not necessarily no makeup, but people will say, do you do hair and makeup? And I said, I can refer you to people who can do hair and makeup. Is that what you want? So if it's a business portrait, do you want to look 20 when you're 50? Your, your, your clients aren't going to know you when they see you, right? So you want to look authentic, but you want to look your best. And, you know, I always say just a little more of this and a little more of that with makeup helps. But mainly it's lighting. And then it's just being comfortable. It's being comfortable in your own skin. So being when, when, comfortable when, big time. Yeah. So when people come into my studio, um, it's a conversation. It's me getting to know you. It's you getting to know me. And in the meantime, I'm clicking. I'm clicking as we're talking. And obviously, I'm not going to get you with your mouth open, right? But the lady in the front of the book, um, if you have it in front of you, the lady in the front of the book, she's got this laugh that's just so engaging. And that's because she never stopped talking. 
the whole time she was in front of me. So I didn't have an opportunity to do the smile in front of the camera for her. But isn't it a wonderful image, you know, that she's so authentic in, in, in her movements and what she's wearing. And so in this project, I said, bring things that are important to you if you'd like to include them. Wear what's important to you if you'd like to include them with some guidelines. Um, put the makeup on like you normally do. Maybe a little extra mascara, you know, and a little extra, you know, uh, not shine. You know, so then I don't have to take the shine off later. And I didn't, in this book, I have no retouching. So people came with makeup, but I did no filters, no retouching. And I think they're absolutely beautiful women, just as they are. And what do you, what do you, what is your most important message? Or to put it another way, what do you want to convey? To the female public, who I think, I think we have no guidance past a certain age. I, I, even my hairdressers who've done world famous women, they're stumped what to do with white hair. Everything about us past a certain age is very customized and very particular and very different, but all we're given images of are perfect 25-year-olds. That's what we're all supposed to aspire to. So what was what was the driving force, the purpose behind your book and your exhibits? You know, I did this at a time, at the time that Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. And it made me think that young, pretty women have a voice. Older, famous women have a voice but everyday women don't. We don't see them, we don't hear them, sure. they have no platform, and they have such wonderful stories to tell. They have such wonderful lives that they've given to their families and their communities and, and to things that are important to them, right? And so, uh, you know, starting with the two women that came in, I said, do you know people who might like to participate? The only thing that's required is that you're going to do some writings, and we can talk about that, that in a second. So doing the writings, um, you're okay with your images to be in public without being retouched, and that you're 50 or older. So people from 50, women from 50 to 96 came in. You can see beautiful Whoa. women at 96 that are just being themselves. There's a lady in her 90s that has this, you know, it's a, it's a pretty evening kind of dress on. And she has a Fitbit watch. And so did I ask her to take it off? No, because that's who she is, right? So it's not just creating images that people are expecting to see. It's creating images that I wanted to create to show women who they are authentically. So uh, the questions that they were asked to answer was how would you advise your 20-year-old self? So if you think back, if your listeners think back, you know, who were you when you were 20? What decisions were you making? You know, who was in your life? What were your influences? You know, who, who were you at that point in time? And now that you're 50 and older, how, not how would you advise somebody else? How would you advise personally? How would you advise that 20-year-old self? And it was so insightful and so inspiring. And it was surprising what some of the, there's a trend in responses, which was pretty cool. 
So there was this trend as people had became older, there was this idea that it's more important to leave a legacy of something that's important in your life than to be seen. Right. So people who started hmm. started um, community organizations, people who never got off their block all their whole life. Right. They went to school and they never, you know, it's it's the, the moms who who are great moms, great community leaders, you know, great, great business people, you know, but they're all um, people who are authentic and how they have lived their life. And the hard things that were in life before, there were many people that I knew, there were some people I knew, but I never knew in detail until this project. And oh my gosh, you know, there's uh -huh. these happy, wonderful social people, and they had a horrendous childhood. And it's like, they would go back <laughs> and advise that 20 year old self, you know, live through it, it's okay. This is who they are now because of the experiences that they, they have endured that make them who they are today. So to be authentic selves now, it's to embrace your whole life. It's to embrace everything that's happened and make something of that, that you're leaving for someone else. Yeah, there's definitely history. And is I'm, I'm laughing a little because I just had a birthday and I did a solo podcast called Conversations with My Younger Self. See? What would I tell myself when I was... See? 20. What would I tell myself when I was 35? Well, one thing I would say, and, and you mentioned it, is when I was 20 and 30 and 40, I had visual contemporaries all around me. I could open up a magazine, uh, for me, usually a fashion magazine, but any number of magazines, and it was women my age, and I could say, oh, okay, Ah, that's what she wore. I like that. And I could go get it because it was available. Suddenly, at 50 years old, and certainly 60 and for sure 70 and beyond, there's nobody. So you're still stuck looking at, at for me, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds. And, and that's my expectation because that's all I've got in front of me. So you do a service by saying, here are women living full lives and they don't necessarily want to be glamorous, but they're comfortable. We've got to learn to be comfortable in our own skins as we age. Because sometimes I think I get a little angry at myself, like, oh, I can't look that way in a bathing suit. Well, now Martha Stewart shows us you can do a pretty damn good job at 81, 82 years old, which is how old Martha is, on the cover of Sports Illustrated, albeit she had like 800 members and a visual crew around her. But we need more of you. We need, I almost feel so much more validated seeing a book like your book and saying to myself, you know, it really takes courage. Did you feel that the women, you had to entice them to come in? Did you feel in any way or did they, that they were being courageous or they were honestly just comfortable in their old skin? And I say, 
bravo to that because I cannot always say that about myself at 78. It, it was both. So uh, people who, you know, I, I consult with people before they come in on the phone. So there's a rapport built to begin with. And my whole message is, you know, we're going to have a good time and enjoy being yourself. Um, and people are not usually comfortable in front of a camera. You obviously are. You've had lots of experience, but most people are not comfortable in front of a not camera. That so comfortable. Not nope. that comfortable. No. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> well, then join not the club. Really. Most people are not. In, I was. I was forced into it and I never went on air in front of a TV camera till I was 47 years old. <laughs> and there's very few, almost zero pictures of me in my youth. And now there's a zillion when in fact, I really am at my most vulnerable in terms of age. But you know, when you talk about legacy, Donna, honestly, um, if my legacy was that I made more women feel comfortable about themselves in the age and the body that they're in. See, that would be a great service because we are the majority of America, but we are treated as if we are disposable and invisible. So anyway, back to I was gonna say Diane, I have don't necessarily that, feel comfortable. Right. I have, yes, I have something that came to mind when you were talking about um, finding images, you know, of, of, that we don't have any images of women who are older to emulate. I would invite, yeah. here's a thought, I would invite your listeners to toss out all those images that are out there and discover what, what is, what is your style? Who are you? Not that you're emulating uh, someone else, but who are you now? You know, what kind of style do you want to put together? You know, you be your own trailblazer. You don't have to emulate somebody else, whether they're 20, 30, 40, 50. You know, just figure out who it is that you want to be. And the women in this book, that was one of the messages of as women got older. Figure out who the heck you are. What's your passion? What is, and for, you know, for talking to this conversation, what's your look going to be? You know, figure that out for yourself. Don't emulate somebody else. We're not going to be 20 in a bathing suit. You know, we're 70 in a bathing suit, you know, or, or more. So uh, we don't have yeah. to have those things. And maybe you say, I don't have to wear a bathing suit. You know, maybe it's it's just what what is it that you want to do for you, irregardless of what the style is. You might be setting your own style. You might For be creating me, a whole new, a whole new line, a whole new vision of what women can can look like and be like. You know, when they're 50, 60, 70, 80. It all ran know. through my mind. All ran through my mind as I had breast cancer and I was literally almost a shut-in for a year. And uh, right. I wanted to be glamorous older woman. I felt after a lot of thought that suited me best, but there were no, even for me as a fashion designer and someone who'd been in, you know, seen a million runway shows and I still needed guidance. Like where's my lane? What lane am I in? I'm on this giant highway and you know, it's so amorphous. So I think it's easy to say that, but I think the more women like you come out and make 
honestly give permission to growing older comfortably and gracefully, the more we'll feel comfortable seeing that there is our own particular road to follow. Um, For me, I just kind of tiptoed into it. I had to look, I needed hair. That was really important. So that just sort of grew back. But then I just discovered that for the first time in my life in 78, I'm going to start wearing red lipstick, which garners a lot of attention that I'm not always so comfortable with at my age, but it just kind of feels right. But, you know, the imagery you put into your book, Uh um, it is important for, for women who don't have a makeup artist, who don't have a really seasoned hairstylist, who, who kind of are saying to themselves, okay, I'm a grandmother, I, I go to church, I don't want to look too tardy, I kind of don't know how to look, clothing doesn't really fit anymore. You know, it's, it is almost like being in a jungle and sort of hacking your way through it to, to yeah. get to where. I got to tell you, Donna, even for me, with all the information and all the fashion knowledge I have and experience, it has been very difficult to put together a look for my age bracket. I mean, when you're in your 70s, you know, I actually get remarks from other people. I belong to a couple of female clubs, all female clubs, which is like, why? Here's a good one for you. Why do you care anymore? Or why do you bother? anymore. Would you say the majority of women that have posed for you um, still have vanity, still is is how they look one of the big driving forces of their lives as they get more mature? Yes. And in photographing women, especially photographing women, I, the the yes we address that yes and posing and lighting and all that helps but but what i do is i ask them a question to distract them from that so when we're actually when i'm actually clicking ah. when i'm actually creating those images i'm asking them a question like what gives you joy so if you're thinking about what gives you joy see your face changed right there so if, when you're thinking about what gives you joy i started thinking about I started thinking about food when you said that. But see, and even right now, so when you think about what gives you joy, when you think it, you feel it, and it comes out in the muscles around the eyes. It's not the smile. Wow. I mean, the smile comes along as a secondary, right? So when when I'm creating these authentic, joyful portraits, right? It's thinking about joy, feeling joy, experiencing it in your facial muscles. And that's, I think, and then you just forget that I'm in, have the camera. I have a whole bunch of tools I use. So one of the things if I, you know, one, another one is I put music on. What kind of music do you like? What makes you happy? Right. Okay. So you're listening yeah, to the music. I say, just of start course. moving to the music. 
you don't have to be a dancer just start moving and i sway and i sway to the music and you know i i'm kind of modeling what i'd like them to do you know and, and feeling the music so as they're feeling the music they forget about the camera sometimes i have them sit on the stool and spin you know if you're spinning and you're trying not to fall off you know it's just fun right? wow you know so there's there's a whole bunch of tools in that toolbox to help people forget that i'm there with a the camera and just have a good time just have a joyful time with me and then those authentic portraits come out the authentic face comes out it doesn't matter in in my mind you know if your hair went flying off when you're spinning around the stool maybe i can either take that off right or i can leave it on and it's part of the fun experience that you had so you remember that fleshy part of yeah. your hair that flew out and donna was really fun when i was doing my portrait session with her right so um I think so. Do you have another book planned? I do, and this one is called a Legacy Project, and I'm photographing men and women. I'm putting them that in their environment instead of the studio. Um, so there's wherever is important to them is their environment. I'm photographing the things that are important to them, their treasures, and I'm photographing old photographs. And so in that story of for each person each person will be a chapter in the next book for that story of that person it's it would be then the person or their family to write the narrative for all those photographs so why is that jar of buttons important to you why is that table important to you where did you get it who gave it to you what's the story behind the things and who are these people in these old photographs and why are they important to you? Because I don't know about you, I have a whole album of photographs that my mom's, I have no idea who these people are. They were important to her, but I don't know who they are. And then wow. she gave, she left a jar of buttons. You're right. A jar of buttons. They were her buttons when she was a volunteer in a hospital, her gray lady buttons. And I, part of who I am is related to her and those buttons because there's a life of service that she in, in, ingrained in me. She was a person who had a life of, a quiet life of service to other people. And so those jar buttons represent that to me. But when I pass away, when we pass away, what's left? We have things and old pictures. So we want, I wanna be able to incorporate the stories and the meaning to those things and those pictures. And then of course, the portrait of the person that's telling that story. So that's my next one. That's so enriched. I absolutely love that. And the truth is when I just turned 78 in August, I I definitely felt in speaking to my younger self up to, all the way up to contemporary now, that legacy was so, important and also the feeling that those of us who survive well into our 70s and our 80s and 90s and i even have a friend who just turned 102 and is still working yeah. um, and being effective <laughs> that those stories are so unique and because as women we're never taught that we can be useful or purposeful or important past a certain age i think it's so eminently important that we get those stories out there, which is exactly what you do with your imagery and your books. Wow, bravo exactly. to you. Yeah. And, you so. and you know what? Just in closing, 
you seem like you're having such a good time doing it too. You oh, love what you do, right? Because <laughs> that shows through. I do. You know, my one daughter says, why don't you retire? And I'm like, well, why would I do that? <laughs> I just love what I'm doing. I don't know when I'll stop. Yeah, I I just didn't. I, I retired for, I believe, five weeks. And then somebody <laughs> offered me my own podcast. podcast and it was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> and I felt that in rather than retirement, it was redefinement of my yes. life. And what you do to me is so consequential, Donna, because as women, we've got to learn to love our older selves. We've got to yeah. learn to love how we look and, and what we represent to society. And you're very purposeful in doing that. And I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. And oh, by the way, if you ever want to photograph me, just give me a holler. Just give me a holler. <laughs> I'm willing to wear one less layer of makeup. <laughs> thank you, Donna. Donna Edmund, thank you so much. What Thanks, you do Diane. is really and truthfully important. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Diane. Thank you so much for listening to Too Young to Be Old podcast. The episode may be over, but the fun doesn't have to stop here. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Diane Gilman, or visit our website, thedianegilman.com. If you like the show, leave us a rating or a review, and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And until then, don't forget, age is just a number. Together, we'll prove that we are all too young to be old.